3: April 26, 2022, and it is a heck of a morning here on MMA Fighting's Twitter spaces, and shortly, once we wrap this up live on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network, I am Mike Heck, hope you're having a wonderful start to the week, a fantastic Tuesday. For those who like the 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time start time for the show, my apologies. My dog... I had a grooming appointment this morning. I had to drop him off. It Was scheduled for eight thirty. I dropped him off like a half hour early because I had to. Do this. But he needs a haircut and a bath and the nails trimmed, like all that stuff, so badly. Couldn't put it off, so delayed start time to the show. So thank you all for jumping on. If you guys got questions, thoughts, comments, we will get to those in a matter of moments. So raise your hand, send your requests. And I already see a few of you doing that. But we have a lot to talk about. The options are a plenty. We could recap what took place this past weekend. We had two Bellator cards, lots of championship fights. Friday, we had Bellator 278. We saw Juliana Velasquez lose her flyweight title to Liz Carmouche. Great moment for Liz Carmouche. She could finally call herself a world champion. However, the bout was, especially the finish, was, was mired with some controversy. Bad position for Juliana Velasquez. If you watch the fight, you know what I'm talking about. Liz Kamush, at least in my mind, was down three rounds. Fight ends up on the ground. She gets crucifix position. She lands a couple of elbows. Velasquez, at least to me, looked like she was loosening up a little bit, about to make a move. As that was about to happen, referee Mike Beltran steps in and stops the fight. Now, this has been quite the topic because – some people feel that the stoppage was justified. Other people feel that it was way too soon. I'm more on the latter side. I think it was way too soon. Listen, if this is the first fight of the night, if it's a prelim featuring 1-0 Hawaiian pros fighting in a hometown fight, sure, you want to err on the side of caution, I get that. But this is a world championship fight. This is a main event. You have an undefeated fighter putting her undefeated record and her championship on the line. I felt like it was too soon. Now, could the fight could it have gotten worse? Maybe it, there's a, there's a possibility of that, and you know referees want to be more cautious more than anything. I get that, but I just felt in that situation, and we don't like see fighters take additional damage. I felt like the stoppage could have uh, I don't know could have let that go a little bit longer. But congratulations, Liz Carmouche. She gets it done. We have two, the final two entries to the Bellator Bantamweight Grand Prix. We have Enrique Barzola, former UFC fighter, had a great performance. And we had the emergence of Danny Sabatello. And I'm glad to see that Danny Sabatello is now on a lot of your radars. He's been on my radar for a long time. I've been preaching about Danny Sabatello for about three and a half years now. Finally starting to get the rub. Finally, he's starting to... Get the notoriety because he's a fun dude. He's a fun guy. He's got a great personality. He's a fantastic interview, and the guy can fight his ass up. Is it the most aesthetically pleasing performances all the time? Not necessarily, but he's fine with that. He's completely fine with that, and that's what I like about Danny Sabatello. This guy's going to be a problem, and you may have seen the clip. I'm picking him to win the whole damn Grand Prix. I picked that even before the play-in fight even started, probably two days before that. You might think it's a hot take. I feel pretty good about that. So we'll see what happens. And then, of course, Saturday, a lot happened. We had Jessica Andrade capping off UFC Vegas 52 with a standing arm triangle choke of Amanda Lemos. Great performance for her. Jessica Andrade might be the most underrated fighter on the roster, and she might be the most exciting fighter on the roster. She is just an absolute cannon. She is a finishing machine. And I think her next fight should be for the strawweight title. I know we got Rose Namajunas getting ready to fight Carla Sparza. I think Rose, I, uh, excuse me, I think Jessica Andrade should get the winner of that fight. There's a story there for either either side. If Esparza wins, we have a fresh matchup. And if Rose wins, we get the trilogy fight. And we all know how that second fight ended. We all know how the first fight went. We all know how that second fight ended. Rose won, but the momentum is clearly shifting to the side of Jessica Andrade. And I absolutely want to see that fight again. I'll see Jessica Andrade fight anybody at this point. So great performance from her. We'll see what happens. We had Tyson Fury knock out Dillian White in the sixth round. There's a brutal knockout. This is one-way traffic the whole way. Dillian White said, eh, it's a competitive fight. It was not competitive at all. I thought Tyson Fury just pe- picked him apart the entire time until he landed this unbelievable uppercut from the depths of hell. And Dillian White was done. Francis Ngannou comes into the ring. Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou have a great moment. And now what are we going to do here? Are we going to see some sort of combat sports bout between Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou? Now, those of us who like a good time and like to have fun, we're all excited about this. I'm I'm curious to see, like, where this all goes. What are we going to do? The Jose Youngs of the world, you know, they're not into that kind of thing. It's the purest sport. We want to have a purest attitude. I, for one, just want to see what they could do with this thing. Let's do a best of seven. Let's do a a whole bunch of athletic competitions. We are talking on the, the post-fight show for all the events. Can you imagine, like, Tyson Fury and Francis Gano in a tetherball contest? I mean, we could have so much fun with this. A 5K race? You got to have a fight in there somewhere. But you could do all sorts of fun stuff with those two guys. So we'll see what goes on between those two gentlemen. Of course, Francis Gano was on the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani, and he said if the UFC wants to re-sign him, The Tyson Fury fight has to be part of the equation. Good on France and Ghana for saying that. I'm very curious to to hear Data White's reaction to all of this because he was not at the UFC Vegas 252 post-fight press conference. Not surprised by that with everything that had happened. You saw, I mean, you're basically, there's no way Data White wasn't watching the Tyson Fury fight. And there's no way he missed his heavyweight champion in the squared circle next to Tyson Fury having that moment that everybody's talking about. So Dana White is going to have a lot to say about this. We may not hear from him until next week when the UFC heads to Phoenix for UFC 274, and I can't wait for that card. So that's going to be super exciting. And then we have Bellator 279. Chris Cyborg defeats Arlene Blanco. This is one-way traffic. I know we're giving Arlene Blanco a lot of credit for her toughness and her ability to take punishments. And she brought it. She had her moments where she went in there and she landed some shots. But this is—I mean, this was all cyborg. She lost the point. I wonder if Arlene Blanco, of course, we appreciate her having integrity and honesty and not taking the DQ. But in hindsight, looking at her bank account in a year, is she going to regret that decision? Not taking the DQ, get that bag, as uh, as our friend Jen Bishu said. So, a lot going on. We have UFC Vegas 53 going down this Saturday. Love this main event. We got Rob Font taking on Marlon Chito Vera The rest of the card, eh, not too shabby, not great. But this is a fantastic main event. This is probably the best of the three main events uh, that we've had since UFC 273, in my opinion. Rob Font, Chito Vera great fight. So we have a lot going on. We have uh, the Ultimate Fighter getting ready to start one week from today. Who's excited about that? May third, twenty twenty two. It's going down. New season of the Ultimate Fighter. Can I just say, I could, I do not care at all about the Ultimate Fighter. Let me just say this: there is one thing I care less about than the Ultimate Fighter, that is Henry Cejudo coming back to fight. I could not care less that Henry Cejudo is coming back. Yeah, he's a great champion. Yeah, he's a combat sports athlete and one of the one of the best. And his resume is incredible. But this whole Henry Cejudo comeback thing, that whole entire situation of Cejudo beating Dominic Cruz and then retiring and then hoping the UFC would beg him to come back and make more money. This is one of the all-time great misses and whiffs in sports history, not just MMA history and UFC history and combat sports history. This was one of the all-time blunders in sports history. Talk about not reading the room correctly. This was just awful. This was awful from the start. It's actually getting worse. Now, luckily for him – Aljamain Sterling is at least interested in fighting Henry Cejudo. I don't really understand why, because the Cejudo thing, even though he says he's coming back and he's taking pictures with Hunter Campbell and Sean Shelby and all these things. And of course, Ali is singing his praises and all that not surprising, but until he actually gets into the octagon to fight, I don't believe it. I actually had more faith in Nick Diaz coming back to fight than I do. Henry Cejudo at this point, I just don't care. I just don't care. And luckily for the ultimate fighter, I care about something less than the return of the ultimate fighter. Because this Henry Cejudo thing is just a joke. I, could, I don't care. And I don't think anybody else cares either. I think Aljamain Sterling is the only one who cares. This was one of the all-time great blunders, great whiffs in combat sports history. We talk about a 30-for-30 30 30 for Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. I want to see a 30-for-30 30 30 with Henry Cejudo on the comeback trail. The show is going to last 11 seconds. Because nobody cares. Nobody cares. I want to hear from you guys. Let's get to – we'll start with Loctagon. Loctagon, what do you want to talk about this morning, my man? There's lots of options to choose from.
4: heck of a morning, Mike. Um, What's up, buddy? I guess uh, Pretty Boy can actually chime in on this as well. But after seeing uh, Tommy Fury's performance this past weekend, do you think he has a snowball's chance in hell of beating Jake Paul?
3: Um, I don't know. Probably not. I would favor Jake Paul right now, but there's a, I don't know. Not a, not a great performance from Tommy Fury. I mean, it was a win and we go out there to win fights. Right. But at the end of the day, yeah, not a great performance. Although if you watch that entire main card outside of Tyson Fury, Tommy Fury's fight was the most exciting, but that's not saying much. That's not saying much. That's like having the least painful canker sore when you have seven of them. Look at this guy. I mean, I got to bring in Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. I mean, the celebrities are just coming full force here on Heck of a Morning. Anthony, good morning, my man. Good morning. What up? What up? How you doing? I'm good. I I saw the fight with Tommy. Um,
5: To be honest, Jake will definitely – TKO Tommy I won't say knockout but just TKO to the point where the ref's gonna stop it you seen Tommy fight me he had a hard time fighting me and I'm five six you see somebody Tommy's height you see the difference now you're talking about Jake Paul who's six two six three who is much taller than Tommy who can actually fight fundamentally and people was looking down on that Tommy does not have the dedication that jake paul has jake paul is a better fighter an overall better athlete i told people this i said if jake paul was to fight tommy fury this fight will turn out exactly like anthony joshua versus usix we know tommy fury is a one-two-one-two fighter like anthony joshua we know that Jake Paul likes to use the ring to his advantage. He moves around a lot. He uses the ropes. He uses his high IQ like Usyk. Now, I'm not saying Jake Paul is is on the same skill set as Usyk, but I'm saying the fight between Tommy Fury and Jake Paul will turn out the same resemblance to Anthony Joshua Joshua versus Usyk.
3: Interesting take, and, and you would know this. Let me ask you this, Anthony. I know you, you and Jake are pretty tight. I don't know if you've spoken to him. Obviously, he's got a lot going on. We get the big fight between Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor happening this weekend. So I'm sure he's fully engulfed in that right now. But we saw his comments to Ariel Hawani about about Tommy's fight. Do you think there's any chance Jake would, would fight Tommy next? Like, do you think that's the fight? I know he wants to come back in August or sometime this summer. But do you think Tommy's even on his radar after that performance? Absolutely
5: not, and I'm going to tell you why he's not going to fight Tommy, period. Tommy doesn't promote. He doesn't engage. You're you're betting on your last name to promote the fight. You needed your dad and your brother to promote the fight to help you. When, before the Tommy fight, the week of the Tommy fight supposed to happen, we were all thinking like, wait a minute, ain't Jake Paul fighting this week? because Tommy wasn't engaging. He wasn't entertaining the people to get them engaged into wanting to buy the fights. He doesn't pro- he didn't promote when I was fighting him. He didn't do none of that. I Right now, I can't say what is Jake's next opponent because his main focus is on Amanda Serrano. Me personally, I would like him to see him fight Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. or Anderson Silva. You know.
3: That's a fight Anthony Anderson
5: Silva, that is the fight. Absolutely, but who knows what's going to happen? We don't we don't know, but as far as Tommy fight Jake, no. Tommy had his chance. If Tommy wanted to to fight Jake again, Tommy would have never taken this fight. He could have just waited and say, "Hey, let's resume this fight on another date when you're ready and let's do that." What she didn't do. So there's obviously speculations of what's going on in Tommy's camp. Personally, Tommy was not physically fit and ready to fight Jake Paul that day. Personally.
3: Yeah. It's it's we'll see what happens. I mean, that one's gonna gonna hurt eat at him for sure. Thinking back of all that money he could have made. Win or lose. Kind of a rough one. And uh it sucks, man. When when are you fighting again, Anthony? Last oh night.
5: man, Oof. Oh, I've had talks with Bellator potentially uh, coming back. Uh, don't know when. Um, there's still talks with me in the UFC. I, I've told, uh, I've told multiple people I wanted to fight Patty, and there's possible talks of me fighting Roy Jones or Chad Johnson there p- potentially. You know, Chad, uh, Chad, da- uh, blah, Dawson. My bad.
3: Okay, I thought you made Ultra Cinco.
5: No, no, God no, God no, but. <laughs> Who knows? You know, my fu- my future this year, I I'm booked. I got so much going on. I'm thinking about making my comeback to MMA this year because I do want to go to the UFC. I do want to see where where my ceiling hits in MMA. Yeah, I love it, but man, boxing pays a lot more. You know, like shit, like a lot more. <laughs>
3: Well, whatever happens, Anthony, we'll be watching, my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, brother. All right. Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor, very busy man. One of the great stories in combat sports, if we're being honest, because where this guy was a few years back to where he is now, I mean, really incredible stuff. I, I've had some conversations with Anthony. and go back into the archives on YouTube or the podcast network and check those out. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings
0: Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
3: Ally Quinta, Realtor of the Stars, Mr. New York Rick, good morning.
4: Heck of a morning, Mike. Heck of a morning. Uh, let me start by just saying how nice it is to hear Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor um, confirm what I, you know, suspected and thought yesterday is, like, Tommy Fury just doesn't have the juice. He's he's not a draw. He's not going to be promoted. Or he's not going to do his end of the, of the promotion. I think it's important to, to remember, and a lot of promoters kind of fall into this trap that, like, mainstream appeal social media following um amongst a bunch of people that don't buy pay-per-views doesn't really do anything uh for the promotion so all these love island fans and all this other stuff um that supposedly tommy fury is bringing to the table um i don't think that a single love island fan is buying that pay-per-view and quite frankly i just don't think it's a it's an interesting matchup for uh jake paul but that's not why i'm calling um it was just good to hear that why i'm calling in. Is because we have to talk about this Henry Cejudo take. We have to talk. Yes, about
3: let's go. We have let's to go. Talk New York about
4: York. the fact that you are disrespecting one of the greatest combat sports athletes of all time. Now, I will grant you, the way he handled this, completely botched. He thought he had more leverage than he did. He thought the UFC was going to come crawling and and making these super fights. It turns out they weren't that interested, and in, and the sport moved on without him. But now that he seems to be serious now that he is back in the testing pool, now that he is potentially training to come back and fight, now that Alexander Volkanovsky and Aljamain Sterling have both said his name, I have to, I have to tell you, I care. I have to tell you, you said nobody cares, I care. One of the greatest combat sports athletes of all time is going to get back in the octagon, maybe the boxing ring, who knows what he decides to do. Um, I'm going to oh be
3: watching. I don't does. say that.
4: I'm going to be watching
3: the The boxing ring, New York, Rick. Why? How dare you? How dare you?
4: Listen, he's conquered the wrestling world. He's conquered the MMA world. Why not boxing? Why not boxing for Henry Cejudo?
3: All right. Hey, listen, I respect your opinion as always, New York, Rick. You're wrong, but no, listen, listen. I'm half joking about the Cejudo take. I'm not joking about the all-time great blunders. Absolutely not. I don't think a ton as many people care as Henry thinks. Yeah. If they book a fight between Henry Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling or Henry Cejudo and Alexander Volkanovsky, I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna be into it. But until I see a press conference, until I see a weigh-in, until I see him, until I see him physically in the cage, and Bruce Buffer introduces him, I don't care and I don't believe it. I don't believe it until it actually happens. And at this point, he could talk and do shows and talk with the schmo and, and all this stuff. And he could talk to whoever he wants. I don't care. I don't care. He he still thinks he's like the biggest star in sports. And he's a huge draw. He's not. He's not. And I think this absence has proven that. Now, again, from a competitive standpoint, if he gets locked into a cage with with one of these champions and they he actually fights and a referee says, let's go. And he starts circling around. He's about to throw a punch. Yeah, I'll be I'll be invested. I'll be into the fight, but as of right now, I don't care. I really don't. Let's go to I'm gonna go to Christopher because he's sad that his uh Cal Ripkin heck of a morning streak came to an end at uh what eleven <laughs> episodes, maybe twelve? I don't even know how many we've done of these. Christopher, good morning.
4: morning. mike How you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, it? not much, man. Um I wanted to come in here with a bit of a fun one. Uh so I, I listen to a lot of Between the Links. It's one of my favorite shows that you guys have on. Um, so I wanted to play a quick game of Buy or Sell with you, um, okay? If you're up for that, let's go! Awesome. All right, I'll just fire off three quick ones. I'll fire off three quick ones, and then I'll let you. I'll let you answer. Um, so number one, uh, does Claudio Poyas end the year with a number next to his name? Was that Chris Sidewalks the last fight for Bellator? And does Jordan get his wish and fight Edson Barboza next Buy or sell on all three?
3: I like that. I like the question. First one, Claudio plays with a number next to his name. Hmm. It depends because, I mean, I have to give an answer. The fight I want to see at this point, I think it makes all the sense in the world. If you haven't listened on to the next one yet, I'm going to give you a little spoiler. I want streaky outside the top 15 fighter taking on another streaky outside of the top 15 fighter. Give me Claudio Playus versus the tarantula Jalen Turner. That is 100% the fight to make. The winner of that fight will absolutely have a number next to his name. That's, man, that's tough. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. But I think that's the fight to make. And if that's the fight to make, that's a real tough one for Claudio Poyas. But again, that fight gets to the ground. He's so slick. Those knee bars, those heel hooks, everything. those leg submissions are nasty. Second question, buy or sell Chris Cyborg. That was her final fight in Bellator. I will sell that. I think she will resign because, again, I talk about this on the show all the time. How you win prize fighting is you take on not the easiest fighters. I don't want to disrespect them in that way. You take on the least amount of competition and make the most amount of money. And Chris Cyborg's winning the prize right now she's going in there she's lapping all these women she's now on going back and rematching all these who's she gonna fight next Sinead Kavanaugh she's gonna make a lot of money to fight Sinead Kavanaugh and she's probably going to win that fight rather easily that's a pretty good gig she's got going on right now she's got a pretty good gig now I know she wants the Kayla Harrison fight which is cool and I think we would all love to see how that fight plays out so she could go to PFL and fight Kayla but if she goes to PFL and fights Kayla like that's, I mean, that's all we really care about over there for her is if she fights Kayla. But, I mean, you could throw, are they going to do a featherweight division? Are they going to sign a bunch of fighters for her to go through the million-dollar season? Or are they just going to sign her to one fight deal to fight Kayla? Now, if I am Bellator, and I love Scott Coker's answer to this question when I asked him about it, the P, all the PFL has to do to at least have a conversation with Coker and the Bellator brass is to actually pick up the telephone and call him. Calling Cyborg out on social media, Don Davis, and calling out Bellator on social media, Don Davis, and all it, it, whatever else you're doing, stop doing that. You're not going to get Bellator's attention that way. You're not going to get Scott Coker's attention that way. He's not going to care. I do think Chris Cyborg will resign because why wouldn't you? She's got a pretty cushy gig right now. Resign. They're going to try if. if Just make it part of the problem. Like, she wants to go to boxing. Bellator, it's been in her contract pretty much the entire time that if she wants to go box, she can go box. And guess what? Bellator's on Showtime. There's plenty of boxing fights to be found on Showtime. It's hard to find Bellator on Showtime, apparently, looking at the ratings. But you can find boxing on Showtime. So Chris will have her chance to box there. And what was, I'm trying to remember what the third question was. Damn it. I went on too much of a rant third question damn it maybe someone else could help me out i'll answer it in the granite do you remember what the third question was and then we'll go to your question are you there i can't hear you you got the 617 oh what's up dude Oh, I'm not- sorry. Do I thought you were, uh, trying to answer the third question from the other guy? I was hoping you. I was hoping you could help me out with the I, third I question. Didn't I, even, what it was. I heard
5: it, but like you said, you went on a rant, and I was listening to your rant. <laughs> I understand. I'm a podcast. I go on rants all the fucking time, and I forget.
3: Six one seven
5: Boston in the fucking house. Uh, let That's me ask right. you something, my friend. Uh, what do you think about Tony Ferguson? You think he came back too soon soon after that beating from Gaethje? Because. Uh, I never seen anyone do that to Tony Ferguson ever.
3: Yeah, listen, uh, it's it's hard to say. It's just the the whole situation is, is, is bizarre with the whole Khabib situation going in there and fighting Justin Gaethje. I mean, it's two completely different fights. I won. Like I always think back to that to that weight cut the day before that Khabib fight was supposed to happen. What if he didn't do that? I don't think the fight would have gone any differently. I think Justin Gaethje would have gone out there and won. But I wonder what that whole situation like did to his mental state. And then just go and having going in there and in the fight going the way that it did. When you fight Justin Gaethje, it's really hard to. It, it messes with your whole career. Really, it's it's a hard fight. It's a hard fight. That guy is such a maniac. But I do. He's fighting Michael Chandler. And I know a lot of people feel like Michael Chandler's just going to go in there and just run over Tony Fer- Ferguson, and that is, that is a possibility. Maybe that happens on next Saturday at UFC 274. But I think Tony Ferguson has a decent chance to win that fight. Tony's going to get out of the first round, which he has proven to be durable. Very, very durable. Now, the fights have not gone his way. He's been thoroughly dominated pretty much every round since the Gaethje fight. But if he can get out of this first round, Michael Chandler, he's got a chance. I think he's got a chance to win the fight. I'm picking Chandler right now, but again, I wouldn't count Tony out of the fight. I would not count him out. Did he come back too soon from the Gaethje fight? Yeah, probably. But Tony's not a guy who likes to sit on the sidelines if he doesn't want, if he doesn't have to. Let's get Joe in here. Maybe Joe knows the third question. Joe, how are you?
6: Good. How are you? What's I up, do buddy? not know the third question. I had to run my kid's jacket <laughs> into school and I missed it. I came back <laughs> for what you were saying.
3: <laughs> I feel your pain, man. Do that. I've done that many times.
6: Uh, man, I think Henry's return, I agree with you. I don't think as many people care as he thinks, but I think when people look back in 20 years, it's probably the most relevant return on the books if he can get to the 145 title and win it, which he's probably got a pretty good chance. Um, And then on the Cyborg fight, I don't think that happens. I think right now with Amanda losing, the three big players, well, three of the big players can all kind of claim stake that they have the best female fighter on the planet as far as the heavier weight females go. So I don't think the fight ever actually happens. I think everybody kind of locks their fighter up and holds their position and then who do you think headlines 276 like the top three fights because they still haven't got to that
3: all right uh yeah i mean listen if i could certainly see a world where kayla stays at the pfl for the foreseeable future um i could see a world where nunez ends her career with with the ufc and i could see a world where My laptop just like froze on me, and I can see a world where uh, Chris Cyborg just stays with Bellator and fights under the Showtime banner for for years to come. Very possible, very possible. And then, man, two seventy six. I'm gonna guess Adesanya Canineer will headline that card. I have no insight into this whatsoever, like absolutely none. That is my guess. And maybe we get Volkanovsky Holloway on that card. Maybe. I think that's a pretty damn good one two punch right there, for being honest. Now, I know there's a July 30th pay per view as well. At least that's kind of on the books. So I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, I think those are two quality fights. And who knows if we get Colby and Hamzat somewhere in there? I know they're talking about they were talking about maybe doing it on ABC, but that'd be a damn good fight to have on the card. I mean, there's lots of options at this point. We are getting close to that. We gotta put tickets. I mean, listen, the event's gonna sell out. It's international fight week. We're getting to the point where we gotta throw a main event on the books. We gotta do it pretty soon. But my guess is Adesanya versus Canon Air. We'll headline that card and then Maybe we do Volkanovski versus Holloway 2. I think timelines could line up. And yeah, we'll see what else comes comes out of it. I mean, we can't leave out John Jones versus Steve Bemiachic. That's gonna probably come up at some point. Where? When? Is it gonna be on International Fight Week? Is it gonna be on one of these other cards? Is it gonna be later than July? Who knows? Christopher. Please tell me what the third question was because it's driving me freaking crazy. Hey, Mike. Uh, question number three of BioCell was, um, does Charles Jordan get his wish and fight Edson Barboza next? Oh, yes. Okay, that that's what it was. I knew it was a good question. Um, yes, I think he does. I liked the call out. I didn't love it like on the build to the fight. It was something that I'd be like, yeah, if the UFC made it, I'd watch it. But after the one arm guillotine submission and the way he presented that fight, basically is a, a gladiator fight to the death without weapons. Sign me the hell up for that. Let's go. Charles uh, cares about rankings. Throw rankings out the window. If you want rankings, you go to MAfighting.com. That's where you get the only rankings that matter in the sport. Let's just throw the rankings out the window. Hell, we don't even have to do a 145. You just do it at 155. Who is not going to watch Charles Jordan versus Edson Barboza? That is going to be a freaking banger. So let's go. Let's make that happen. I, I, I buy the hell out of it. I'm buying it twice. How about that? It's like Dunkin' Donuts coffee.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
7: Tristan Gordetz, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Mike. How's everything? Everything good?
3: Wonderful, wonderful. All right,
7: so listen, listen to Otno. Uh, Again, A.K. Lee disrespecting Aaron Blanchard. Again, he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it. You got? I'm surprised you didn't. I know you held back. You were like, no, oh, hold on. I'm like, all right. I'm gonna let him go. I'm just gonna let him go, and just have to wait. But the disrespect again with Aaron Blanfield. Every time you bring her up, because um, she, you know, you want her to fight Macy Barber at some point. He didn't. He didn't mention at all Marina Mraz at all. Now he's been caping up for Marina Mraz for like the longest now because he he keeps saying Blanfield's not on her level. And I, and I'm listen. Mraz is a good fighter. I mean, she's got some. She's got. She, she fought killers, and she's on a three fight win streak. But he didn't mention her to fight um, Macy Barber. So I'm like, yo, okay. It's like you're you're saying Mirage is so much higher than Blanchfield that. And I went back and went back to the UFC, uh, I think, 272. I went, every time he says it, it it, it infuriates me. I'm like, yo, like, dude. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to, to, and I'm trying to be respectful here. I was, Mike, I was like two seconds away sending a DM to Aaron Blanchfield with this clip. (gasps) <gasps> I was 2 seconds away but I'm like, you know what? <laughs> let me relax. I don't want to call him out. I don't want to put him on um last week, you know, just kill him on here, but I'm like, all right, let me let me relax. I'm getting I'm getting too emotional here. <laughs> but I mean, it was 2 seconds away, but I'm going to digress. I'm going to let things play out, you know, June 4th, let them fight, and then I, you know, I just I pray. I pray to God. <laughs> That Aaron Blanchard just cuts the promo and just be like, yo, I'm hearing a lot of people saying <laughs> I'm not on Mirage level, okay? Let's have that happen. I'm like, all right, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'm sh-. but okay, let me digress. Let me get my question. My question is with Macy Barber, um saw the press conference. I know AK Lee came out with the story about what she had to say after the fight, after her win. And, you know, Macy's Barber's getting back to talking greasiness now. And I'm like, you think you think you believe that she's going to be wrecking people in the flyweight division? Because I'm like, eh, you know, your performance was good, but let's just let's just you know let's just settle down here and l- let me see you fight. You know, the up and coming prospects. Just your thoughts on on her and everything.
3: Thank you, Tristan. And by the way, if AK after June 4th, let's just say Aaron Blanchard wins that fight and AK match matches her up, and you're not thrilled with it why don't you send me an email and I'll read it on the air because I'm the only one who gets hit up on that show. When people have issues with picks for some reason, we have an old, we have a whole segment on it called the, a mic check where people like attack me in my picks. AK doesn't get any of that stuff. So feel free to change the narrative there. But yeah, I mean, Macy Barber, fine performance. I actually thought it was a good performance based on what she needed to do because she showed flashes of a little bit of everything. And She just out-physicaled Montana De La Rosa, which was the way to go. It was a smart game plan. Now, if she went in there and just tried to, like, box her face off and try to knock her out in the first round like she did early on in her career, I probably would have questioned that decision. She probably would have lost that fight. But she went in there, just kind of muscled her against the cage, just out-physicaled her, landed some big shots when she needed to. She won the fight. It was a clear 30-27. It was a fine performance. Now, there's one person who will be able to give a nice little grade on the performance. And I'm going to be talking to that individual uh, later on today. One Uriah Faber, who Macy has basically changed her life. She's uprooted to team alpha male. I'm going to be talking to Uriah Faber uh, around 5:30 Eastern today. Uh, and we'll get her, I'll get his thoughts on, on Macy's performance. Cause obviously he's going to put her over, but he'll be much like fighters. are. coaches are just as, sort of self-critical so Uriah will probably say nice things and he'll probably say some things that she needs to work on so I'm curious to get his take on that but yeah fine performance I think the Blanchfield fight makes all the sense in the world the time for Macy Barber to fight the Roxanne Montefiores fight the Joanne Woods of the world I think that's over I think that that time has passed she got her opportunity I know the injury sucked but she lost she lost to Roxanne. She's going to have a hard time getting past that. She's still dealing with that. But I thought with everything that's gone on, even the Miranda Maverick fight, a lot, pretty much everybody thought Macy lost that fight to come back and have a clean sweep. No controversy. I think that was huge for her. Let's go to JK. JK, what's up? Make sure you unmute, JK.
4: Thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> All good. What's uh, up? Just a question, um, what is the best fight for Diaz on his way out, in your opinion? Um, and the second part is, What, in a percentage, what kind of a chance would you give him to beat Jake Paul in a boxing fight?
3: Ah, huh. interesting. Um, I mean, I would clearly favor Jake to win that fight. Jake's just bigger, he's got more experience in boxing. But here's the thing. Nate would promote the crap out of it. It would be very interesting. Nate is a smart businessman. And he would go in there. And even if he lost, it's, like I don't, he's a super durable guy. Like, I don't think Jake would go out there and just cold him like you did to Tyron Woodley in December. I just don't think that happens. I think Jake would win a, a pretty decisive decision. But Nate Diaz just needs one shot to actually feel like he didn't lose. And we just saw it in the Leon Edwards fight. Leon Edwards dominated him. Was it the prettiest win for Leon? No. But all people talk about is those last two minutes. So let's just say this is a this is an eight-round fight. Jake just boxes his face off for seven rounds, but Nate lands like one right hand in the eighth. And Jake starts to like go backwards a little bit. And Nate starts to land some shots. Bell rings. Jake clearly wins a unanimous decision, but Nate has that moment. Nate has this way of having his stock rise, win or lose, domination or not, no matter what. And I feel like that would happen here as well. He'd make a ton of money, and he probably wouldn't win, but that's okay. Nate doesn't have to win. Nate, that fight would do bonkers numbers. It would do huge, huge, huge numbers. And that and the UFC is well aware of that, which is why Nate isn't being booked in the UFC, because he know they know that as soon as Nate leaves, he's going to go box Jake Paul and then go fight Conor McGregor outside of the UFC where both those guys are going to make all the money. They're concerned about that. Nate has put himself in a really good spot, but unfortunately, he's in the UFC as a quote-unquote independent contractor. He can't go anywhere. And to answer your first question, just do the friggin' Dustin fight. Just do the Poirier fight. Again, They're just going to go in there. They're going to have a good scrap. Dustin will probably win. Nate's value ain't going to drop at all because he's going to make it through the entire distance, and it's going to be a fun scrap. But he's going to slap Dustin Poirier in the face once or twice, even though he's going to lose. And that's all people are going to talk about is Dustin slapping him in the face or Nate slapping him in the face. And they'll hug and they'll have a moment. They'll put each other over in the press conference, and it'll be good for everybody. And then Nate will ride off into the sunset. But again, we're dealing with the UFC. They probably aren't going to book Nate a fight until he extends his contract. All they have to do is offer him fights. Just offer him a fight, and then they extend his contract even longer. So hopefully we see him in there soon. I don't. I know the UFC wants the Conor fight. I doubt that happens. But maybe just for that reason that I mentioned earlier, because Nate sees value in doing that fight outside of the UFC. I'm sure Conor feels the same way. Why not keep all the money? Make that bag. Mike Lawson. Good morning. Morning, Mike. Heck of a morning. What's up, buddy? Sure, sure is.
8: Question. Did you see the Liam Harrison versus uh, Mungtai P.K. Senchai fight? I did not. No. Dude. If there's a recommendation, I would just say. Guys, I was wondering, man. I saw all the shows. I saw none, nobody from MMA fighting uh, covered it and it was just a heck of a muay thai fight there was i mean you could see the video on youtube it's
3: that was the five knockdowns yes, fight yes right? that's the one i saw that clip i did see that clip yeah so yeah clip. man the
8: whole fight was like two minutes and 30 seconds
3: it was just absolute shit show <laughs> so i did see it I did okay, see okay, it. okay okay okay
8: yeah so i just wanted to taste hear your take on that and uh it was awesome <laughs>
3: yeah dude the whole thing crazy crazy all right that was my question Thanks, like, Yeah, so I'm not I'm not familiar with like a lot of the Muay Thai fighter names, so apologies for that. But as soon as as soon as he said Muay Thai, I was like, oh yeah. I mean he's only he can only be talking about one fight. But yeah, it was wild. I saw it, uh John Morgan actually tweeted out the clip and and I watched it's freaking wild. Back and, and check that out if you haven't yet. All right, we're gonna take Jay's call and then viral Nico. You're on deck, my man, and you'll have the last word. So Jay, we'll begin with you. Good morning. What's up?
9: Hey, what's up, Mike? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, buddy? Hey, so um, I had two things I wanted to say first, uh, just with the little Bellator mix in this. Um, I think once Yochi Horiguchi's contract is over, the UFC should really try to get him because I think he could easily be the flatweight champ at 125. I think 135 might be too big for him because like we saw in the Apache mix fight uh, because of his height-wise, I think a lot of people are like that in Bantamweight in the UFC, but I think 125 is really great for him. And uh, the other thing I want to ask is, I don't know why this isn't getting uh, a lot of attention, but Brock I believe, put an article out three days ago, and the UFC announced they're doing an eight-man tournament across four men's weight classes to find new Asian talent. And they're going to do this, uh, I believe, before the Singapore event on June. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that too as well.
3: Thank you, Jay. Um, yeah, I agree. If, if poor Gucci fights out his deal, he's a free agent. Whether he goes to Ryzen or One or UFC, he needs to fight at 125 because that's his best chance to succeed. Still a damn good 135-er. I still have him ranked in my personal top 15 at 135. I think I have him number 15 now. But yeah, you put him up against the Apache Mixes of the World. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a long night. And I, and I knew that was going to be a tough fight for him just because I knew Mix was going to look like he was 40 pounds heavier than him. And that was the big difference. And Patchy's, Patchy's cardio was really good in this fight. He went all five rounds. Normally, that's been a knock on him, but he actually did pretty damn good. So good on Patchy Mix. Great win for him. That's a great name to have on his resume. As far as the road to the UFC tournament, let me give a shout-out to uh, my man, JHK. He was the first to report that story. Um, and when it first came out, I think it confused a lot of people because a lot of people saw it as, oh, damn, we're going to get a, a flyweight tournament, a bantamweight tournament, a featherweight tournament, and we're starting to line up like, oh, we're starting to think of like Moreno and Figueredo and Sterling and Jan, like are they going to be in these tournaments? I think it was just kind of a miscommunication there, so people were super excited. Uh, turns out it's just basically a, uh, an Asian, more fun version of the contender series. Because I, I love the contender series. I like it a lot. But the contender series would be way better if it was in a tournament format. It really would be. It would be way better. It would be way more interesting. We're not giving up a... The one... I love the contender series. freaking love the contender series. It's like one of my favorite things that the UFC does. Is they do this contender series thing. I will say this though. The contender series is starting to oversaturate. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that fighters who clearly aren't UFC ready are just getting contracts while there are fighters who are UFC ready who aren't getting contracts. Anthony Romero. Did you see what that dude did on, on Sunday for Fury FC? Anthony Romero is one of the best fighters that has come through the contender series. One of the overall best, like a guy with this super high ceiling is really young, super skilled. But because he went for a takedown in the third round against Mike Breeden, and you can give him a contract. Like this is the stupidest thing ever. And now he's gonna go somewhere else. Someone else is probably gonna sign him and he's gonna be a big star. Th- th- that's the thing. We had guy and I like Carlos Candelario a lot, and I thought he won the fight. But he got a contract coming off of a loss. Like I thought he won. But the, like the first season of the contender series compared to where we're at right now, it's like night and day. All you have to do is win for the most part in the contender series and you get a contract and i get why i think if if we all sort of dot the i's and cross the t's money 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 and that's why this tournament's happening as well we get guys for cheap money whoever comes through they're getting 10 and 10 contracts just a way for the ufc to bring in fighters and fill up these fight night cards for cheap money and it's a good opportunity for these fighters to get the shine and to get on a big stage. That's great. But again, there's a reason why these tournaments are happening. It's because we want cheap talent. We're not here to, we're not here to provide money. We're here to give you opportunity. That's the UFC way. Verl Nico. Oh no. Wheel is spinning. We get him in. Spin in. Oh, wait a minute! I think we got him. We
8: got him oh, on mute. Uh, good morning, Mike. Um, what's up? I man? just wanted to know your like um opinions on or your like reaction to the Fury uh, White fight over the weekend. I was like extremely impressed by um Tyson Fury, but like nobody's I've seen like nobody's talking about it. Like White did not make the adjustment at all. He didn't see that uh, um uppercut. So if I don't know if anybody's, like, a boxing fan. That same uppercut knocked uh, White out, like, two times with uh, the Pavekin fight and also the Anthony Joshua fight. Like, Fury, I don't know if there's, like, a clip. There was, like, a like a blooper of, like, Fury throwing an upperc- uh, uppercut and, like, hitting him in his face. But, like, this time, like, over the weekend, that uppercut was, like, right on the button, and it just shut off, like, White's, like... Um, Like, whole, uh, he was out. Straight KO. I'm like, this progression of Fury has just been amazing. I really hope, like, he doesn't retire because I really want to see him versus the winner of um, Usyk and Joshua when that fight happens in June. Like, I'm really sad. Like, I really don't want him to retire at all.
3: Yeah, man. I understand where you're coming from. Listen, I said this on the post-fight show. What I enjoyed about Tyson's performance so much is that it was almost like he used the first five rounds of that fight to set that uppercut up. It's like he knew his opponent so well. I'm just gonna do these things. I'm gonna make him guess just enough that when I actually throw that uppercut with full force in the sixth round, it's gonna land and he's done so. It was a beautiful performance from Tyson Fury. The guy is so fun to watch. The entrances are amazing. Everything about him, the footwork, the way he uses his length so well. The jab was there all day. He just kept jabbing over and over again. White couldn't get near him. And I was a little surprised. Like, I I I thought. I knew Fury would win. I felt he would win pretty cleanly, pretty clearly. There was going to be, you know, not as one-way traffic as it was, but I thought Dillian would be able to at least get inside and land some shots. And it seemed like he landed a couple within there, but, I mean, Fury was unfazed. Didn't even feel like he was tested the entire time. He just looked like he was having fun in there. Just bouncing around like he's 145 pounds, like a middleweight, like a lightweight, just... Just dancing in there. It's like Fred Flintstone bowling in there. Just so pretty to watch. He's on his toes moving around. He looks so good. Looks so good. I don't think he's going to... This is combat sports. There's a lot of money left on the table for Tyson Fury. This Ngannou fight would really make a lot of money. But the Usyk fight, obviously, the Anthony Joshua fight would make really good money too. So we'll see. I mean... Tyson's a man of principle, though as well. So he's gonna be an interesting story. Alright, I'm gonna take one more. It is it is a morning show, so I mean we've gotta get in the the coffee fight club. Good morning.
4: Hey, how's it going, Mike? What's hey, up? Yeah, I was just wondering, do you have any updates on International Fight Week? Like uh are there any guest appearances? Um and like Stepe John Jones, is there any updates on that? And then uh with the ABC card, do you know anything about that? Like they wanted Hamzak Kobe. And then uh, I know they were trying to go to like Austin, Toronto
3: and veer out, uh, out of the apex. Do you have any updates on that? Uh, So let me see. So international fight week, the appearances, I have no clue. Uh, I assume most of the fighters on the roster, anybody with a name will be there. So that'll be cool. Um, I assume the hall of fame thing is going to happen. Like, I think it's going to go back to sort, sort of normal international fight week stuff. So that'll be good. As far as fights go, listen, John Jones, Stipe makes a lot of sense. I think there's a possibility there. Uh, I would not count on that. I could be wrong, but I wouldn't count on that happening international fight week. Again, as I stated earlier, if I had to guess, if someone said, here's 20 bucks, you have to put on. Who do you think is going to be the main event of the international fight week card? I'm putting it on Adesanya versus Canonier. I think that's that's the direction they're going to go. They'll put Adesanya in there. And if you need a, a, a co-made event, why not put Volkanovsky Holloway on there? Volkanovsky wants to be active this year. He just had pitched a freaking perfect game against the Korean Zombie. Just a tremendous performance. And by the way, spoiler alert, I bumped Volkanovsky up two spots in my pound-for-pound pound rankings. He's now number two, as you'll see on Thursday when we release those rankings. I think he's that good. And he might be number one. That's how highly I, I look at Alexander Volkanovski, But those are the fights I look at. Um, the ABC card, I'm not really sure. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, maybe look, there's a lot of rumors floating around right now. Uh, there's talks about London. I know some things have come out maybe July 23rd. There's talks about maybe doing Usman Edwards in London. Uh, there's talks about July 30th being a very big deal. There was talks about that being a second pay-per-view. But again, things are kind of fluid right now. From what I understand, the London stuff, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'll leave it at that. I don't know if the date's completely accurate. But as far as the other stuff that's being rumored, I've heard the same things. But nothing is signed, sealed, delivered. Nothing is announced. But it seems like that's the direction they're heading. July 23rd, looks like the London card. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they make that the pay-per-view. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. And if that, if the, they do turn July 23rd into UFC 277, then you have July 30th, maybe that could be the ABC card. And you could do that with Colby and Hamzad. And I know Dallas is being rumored for July 30th. Maybe they'll go to Austin. I know Austin was, was rumored to be at some point. Dana White has mentioned that Toronto, Boston, New York have all been discussed. I would say New York is probably a done deal for November. Again, hasn't been announced, but That's November for sure. I don't think we'll see anything outside of the city. I know they did a card in Albany once before. I know they're in Rochester. So I don't think we'll be seeing those types of places, but we can probably expect MSG in November. Boston, you know, I'm excited about. Don't know when that's going to happen. Right now, we got the Celtics in the playoffs, you get the Bruins in the playoffs. I would guess early fall if they're going to do Boston. September, October, I'd be totally down with that. And then Toronto, I'm not really sure. If you go to Toronto, you're not going to do a fight night. You're going to do a pay-per-view. So maybe they do October for Toronto. I don't know. But I do believe I do believe those kinds of things. There's a lot of things Dana White says that I don't believe. But when it comes to cities that are in discussion that the UFC could visit, I believe him. So, and if, yeah, so that's, that, that's as far as I know. Colby Hamzat, I don't know anything, whether or not that's the fight. Uh, I've talked about this many times. If I'm Colby, I'm jumping all over that oh, way, you know, because again, if you can't get, if you, I mean, if actually if you're Colby and you could somehow weasel this Mazadol fight rematch, just thinking the money that's going to make with everything going on. But Hamza would be number two. Not Bilal. This is not going to happen. And he's been talking about Adesanya too. So for some reason, they can't get Kananir in there. Adesanya Colby doesn't sound like a bad main event for the the middleweight title. Kind of out of left field. But yeah, that's what we're looking at. All right. I got to go. I started late uh, because of the dog. And I have to go pick up the dog in a few minutes. And I got to actually do some work today. Because this isn't work in my eyes. So I want to thank all the uh, wonderful people who jumped in. New York Rick and... Anthony Taylor for giving his insight on Tommy Fury's fight and what's going on with Jake Paul and everybody else who chimed in. Glad Christopher could get back on track, start a new streak. And for all the new listeners, all the new people jumping in, appreciate that very much. Now, we're back on Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern. We'll do it again, same exact thing. And then Friday, it's all about you guys. Friday, there'll be no opening rant from me. It's just, we're going to the calls and we're getting right after this thing. So if you jumped in here late and you're like, what the hell is he talking about before that? This show is going to be right up on the podcast network sooner rather than later. Uh, I do have some interviews coming up this week, at least that are on the books. But again, just like any kind of event, card subject to change. Uriah Faber later on today, tomorrow. Uh, Tetsuro Tyra, who's making his UFC debut on Saturday against Carlos Candelario. you are talking to him. I got a lot of people reaching out to me asking me if I would interview the brand new interim Bellator Bantamweight Champion Raphael Stotts. That is happening on Wednesday as well, and then Thursday I'm going to be talking to Anthony Rocco Martin, former UFC fighter. He's been dealing with a lot, but he's actually coming back to the uh, to the world of mixed martial arts. He's going to be fighting uh, in the main event of the May 7th CES card. Uh, for their middleweight title, I believe. But uh, I'm excited to to catch up with Rocco. It's been a while since I've spoken with him. And uh, I expect a a pretty emotional conversation, if we're being honest. But we'll see what happens. But make sure you follow all, all things MMA Fighting right here. MMA Fighting on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the Podcast Network and on the YouTube channel.